on the 22nd of August 2022. The India-Zimbabwe Game 2 ODI Game 2 went as expected. India were expected to make a mockery of Zimbabwe and they did exactly that. Once again, for the second time in this tournament, Zimbabwe were pulled out for a low score and India chased it down with absolute authority. But the PPED media is unhappy. The PPED morons are unhappy. Why? Because it wasn't a perfect chase. They were unhappy about the changing batting order. They were unhappy, unhappy about the fact that India lost 5 wickets chasing 160. Whereas just a day ago when they chased 190, they chased it with 10 wickets. As if this hasn't happened before, a few wickets lost is not the end of the world. It doesn't matter and what about chopping, changing batting order? Once again, do I have to remind this selective amnesia media about some things that they ignored or things that they accepted which were happening 10, 12 years ago or even 15, 20 years ago? Do we really need to go in that direction? Maybe we do. The way thought process is, I don't think it makes a difference, but they were not happy or not with the fact that Babur and Gil exchanged position which means Gil came to number 3 and Rahul went to open because he wanted some game time before the crucial Asian Champions Trophy and the World Cup. But then that was expected of how things were to go. And it's not for the first time that batting positions have been exchanged. I will give you that lesson in history and more importantly as a way to keep this PPED moron group quiet that's very very important but how do I look at this India Zimbabwe series for me this was as always slotted in a hurry in an already busy calendar where every team is playing other teams Back, India is the only team which is not playing Netherlands. Every other team has actually won and played Netherlands. Teams like Netherlands need that exposure. Our neighboring country has played Netherlands. England has done it. South Africa has done it. Australia might do it soon. But India, once again, the ego, the Indian cricket board's ego, says you will not tour a country like Netherlands because it doesn't get us that kind of coverage. But then, that's the same in football. Well, of course, the incidents in football, in a way, are unfortunate, which it's better if we don't talk about it because they are complicated. So, unless we talk about what has happened in football so far, the better it is. But let me give you a lesson. So once upon a time, between the years of 26 and 2000, we had an unenviable opening pair. Who was the unenviable opening pair? Kankri and Tendulkar and they exploited and they took advantage of this for a better part of four years before a certain Verinder Sehwag came into the picture. What did the arrival of Verinder Sehwag do? 
it dismantled or it kind of separated Dangli and Tendulkar as openness. No one commented on this. His arrival meant that he was immediately open with either one of them. So either he was open with Dangli or Tendulkar, which meant that either both Dangli and Tendulkar, one of them were coming at number three or number four. But there was no conversation conversation around this. Everything was all fine. And then once upon a time, in that particular period, it was a not an exactly a great period for the sport because we had some very useless batters also, but we won't talk about them because they're not worth it. Dravid, the Sukkar family were one, two, three. Once the likes of Yuvraj arrived, Sevag arrived, Dravid went on to become the first finisher in there was no finisher. In fact, I don't even know if I have any records of any other finisher before Dravid became the first official finisher and Yuvraj said in that endeavor. So once Sehwag and Yuvraj came, the 1-2-3 was broken up if you want to keep it that way. So sometimes it was Sehwag, Tamilgar opening, Ganglia number 3.
And then they did the basketball thing in the Kapilut and CSA town because the openers did a good job. Today, if you do that, today if you ask an opener to come to number three or number four, it will become a huge issue. Everyone will start commenting on it. No, it's not right. An opener at number four is not right. Of course, Rahul is an exception. You can buy at number three, number four. They forget the fact that Rohit Sharma was your number four, five, six batters. Career was going nowhere before it was given a second life when he was asked to open. And from there on, we are just being so praiseworthy about Rohit Sharma. Everyone knows where Rohit Sharma was in 2013 and where he is now in 2022. But most individuals forget that. 2011, by that time, Ganguly had retired, Dravid had retired, he had a couple to come at number 3 or number 4. That's never going to happen. So, Gambir, till the time that Tendulkar was there, he was open. And once Tendulkar went on his way, left the building, Gambir and Sahibar did their job for another couple of years before a new partnership came in. We all know what that partnership is. But why is the PPED media morons questioning such why are they red flagging that simply just because Shuman Gill came at number 3 and Rahul wanted to move it? So, what's wrong in it? Sometimes we have to be selfish. We have to be selfish because it's seen as a selfish motive for the team. So, I don't see what logic is there in questioning this. Of course, there is the question who should open? Should it be? Kohli who should open in the Asian Champions Trophy and the World Cup should it be Rahul who should, who should open. They have given Surya Kumar Yadav also a chance to open, which I don't see as anything wrong. There's nothing wrong in that. Nishab Pant, they died, I never know it never worked in the coming days. I may talk about how opening the combination of other teams work, but we don't want to discuss that because it really doesn't matter. So this selective amnesia. I'm sure if you look at old scorecard, you see this musical chair for Sevab and then you put Sevab in the beat between 2002 and 2013. After that, there have been moments. Robert Mustafa was also a part of the team. He was a opener, but sometimes you can come at number 5 even if you're an opener. It really doesn't matter. You're flexible. It's like a defender can become an attacker anytime in hockey or These things are just semantics. So it really doesn't matter. But another interesting thing that has come, not in the world of sports, but in the world of education, that baffles me is placements. Everybody loves this term placements. For me, the term placement is a paradox. Why? Because the only reason we go to college is that after finishing college, we want to have a good job. It's not possible in every profession. In some profession, you have to work extra to get to go the extra mile. But we are obsessed with engineering. We are obsessed with certain engineering institutes, and that obsession doesn't go away. 
so college placements jobs packages how paternalistic is this it's fatal flaw in the education system that the only reason you go to college is not to is is the freedom you have that you can have in school is that now you are slightly more independent than you were in school you can take your own decisions some decisions can be taken by the college authorities but that only 5% in college you are able to take 95% of your decisions but the first thing we see in college is especially when you are in an engineering or a technological institute will after 4 years of slogging will i get a job in a good company will it be a job where i will be secure but that's one thing that is the fatal flaw and we celebrate that newspapers print media celebrates that and i find it to be shameful the most shameful part of the education system for us for 3 4 years and it was for me should be one of the transformation and looking beyond working for someone else but we love working for someone else we want someone else to have authority over us and all we all all we ever wanted that's why we went about jobs the definition of job is so narrow you work for someone else then 10 to 5 9 to 5 3 days a week 4 days a week you work at a certain package and you are happy you not freelance and we all know how the package thing works when they give you a package they expect you to be more than 100% available you may be called at 3 am in the morning you have to go by because they have a hold over you Giving you a salary, and that salary is so tempting, as tempting as you see a cold beverage or you see sweets. You know you should not take sweets maybe once a month, but you are so tempted you forget all rules. You don't bother about certain things. So this placement thing is a is that paradox. It's a Pandora's box which opens, and once it opens, we all know what happens. Which really puts me off, and I'm not impressed by this. And the flip side is, if a student sits for a placement, which means they give exams, they get interviews, they go through all the twenty, thirty rounds, they have to go, which they feel proud about. I don't, and if they don't get it. Who do they blame? They blame the college. They blame after three years, the college hasn't taught me anything. Well, don't blame the institution. Also, put some focus on yourself. Maybe you were not good enough, or maybe you didn't answer the questions of that individual who was asking you questions. I don't know how this works, but blaming the college that you didn't get a job. Well, sometimes maybe it's a sign that maybe working for someone else is not in your DNA. So just go with that. If working for someone else is not in your DNA, why are you putting yourself through those moments? But then that's the brain fade that we have. We are proud of it. We are proud of the fact that I went to college placements. I got the college plus package, and I'm secure. And we know what happens after. Individuals secure a job. What is the next thing everyone does, which I think 
I was not bothered if they gave me a chance or no because I knew I was above them. I was above them in intellect, I was above them in knowledge, I was above them in skills and I am still well. So placements don't bother me but it's a paradox and it's a Pandora's box. It shows the hypocrisy of individuals that the three to four years in college or maybe more instead of transforming all we do is make sure that we get a good GPA of 3.5 so that we can accumulate this GPA, we can show off our mark sheets to the individual. They say good, you got 4 GPA overall in 4 years, 8 semester, whatever, good. But does that knowledge, does that 4.0 make you an individual who has the skills? They are two different things. There is no connection. I could get a GPA of 2, but I could be more skilled and much smarter than individual to have a GPA of 4. GPA, GPA of 4 for 80 and 10 percent has nothing to do with skills. There are a lot more things than just getting a GPA of 4.0 or more. But our brain works in this manner, whether it's an institute here or outside, we are obsessed with GPA. And the narrow-mindedness of this is so narrow that it's like narrow domestic walls that it's difficult to see and shows a low-grade intellect. So for me, placements is the biggest fatal flaw in the education system, but I don't think it's going away because it's been going on for so long. Parents, students, administrators, brains have been fried. Exists. 
quality engineers are not going to be found because we think quality engineers are found on the basis of four point four GPA. Well, that's an unfortunate way to evaluate someone, but that's the way things work.